0: Birds All Day is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Do you know Blue Jays and baseball tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. We're talking about an app that's got Uh, in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section as well as tickets across all major leagues and teams so head to the app store or play store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we are here back running every other week, for the most part, in the off season. But we're back now, and we're talking this week with Alexis Burtnicki of MLB.com. She was just in Arizona, taking in some amazing Fall League action. Uh, we had a great chat with her about, about Fall League, about some of the young and maybe unheralded guys who are making a name for themselves in the AFL, talking about this new series she's doing uh, and this awesome scouting report that she did along with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So it was great to talk to her. So I hope that you enjoy our chat with Alexis Brednicki. If you want to get the full Birds All Day experience, you have to be an Athletic subscriber. I need you. If you haven't done it yet, theathletic.com slash birdsallday gets you that 40% discount. You'll get the full episode. You'll get it everything from, uh, what's the word, from soup to nuts. You can hear uh, Stoughton and I uh, banter. About whatever it is we end up bantering about this week. You can also get it 100% ad free. And also, one extra thing we tease it at the end of the full episode. You're not going to hear it here. Next week, Birds All Day, we're talking to Mark Shapiro. If you want to hear that, you're going to have to be an athletic subscriber. So, slash Birds All Day, sign up 40% off for the year. Get the full pod, get it in your ears. Next week, Mark Shapiro. This week, Alexis Brednicki. Thank you so much. For joining us, here we go. All right, as mentioned before, it is currently our pleasure to be joined by a friend of the show. I would, I think, that's safe to say, a multiple-time guest. She is a uh, reporter, writer, producer, wears many, many hats. This is uh, just culminating her first year on the Blue Jays beat for MLB.com. It is our pleasure at this time to be joined by Ms. Alexis brudnicki How are you, my dear?
1: I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Love being here.
0: Thank you. I- I don't know why I just called you, my dear. I call, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, "What did I just say?" <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why? If I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to I'm going to pull the pull the curtain back a little bit. It's because before you came on, we were like, "Do you do you do we call her Alex or Alexis?" And I, in my mind, in that second, I balked. I was like, "Uh," and then out <laughs> came my dear. So, would you prefer Alex or Alexis?
1: Uh, I, I prefer anything but Alex, really. My coworkers workers actually, are like my MLB co-workers call me Lexbox 360. So I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> open to anything. But uh, yeah, Alexis is probably, I guess, the, the way to go.
0: Better than my dear. <laughs> that much is for sure. So Alexis is joining us, uh, probably with a red face at this moment right now. But also, she's in Houston, Texas, against her will. Um, tell us the exploits, the, the the lovely, the the amazing experience of traveling for the lowest amount you can muster.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, definitely a fun adventure. I was going, I went to Phoenix, <laughs> and on my way to Phoenix, I had a stopover in San Francisco, and instead of being the two-hour stopover it was meant to be, it ended up being twelve hours overnight, where I slept in the airport in San Francisco on a bench in the food court. And then on my way back home from Phoenix, I had a stopover in Houston that was supposed to be a half hour and it turned into 18 hours. So I am at a lovely red roof Inn plus in Houston, enjoying my time very much and happy to be talking to you instead of just like sitting lonely in my hotel room here.
0: You know, you can, you can talk, you you can't put a price on a plane that comes and leaves when it's supposed to. Um, But... You were in Phoenix, for the, and that's one of the reasons that we're talking to you today. Uh, you were in Phoenix for Arizona Fall League, which is like hipster spring training. Uh, have you been to Arizona for a Fall League before, number one?
1: Yes, yeah. I The first time I think I experienced the Fall League was probably five years ago. Uh, Don Pompey and Dwight Smith Jr. and actually Roberto Osuna were a few of the Blue Jays guys who were there then. And... Um, like Blake McFarland and Eric Sekula. And then I went back for, when I went to scout school, we scouted the fall league and that was in 2016. Mm. So this is, I think my third time getting in some fall league baseball, which is, it's amazing. I love the environment there.
0: Which is to say there's nobody there, right? Nobody's there watching the games. It's right. not like spring training. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, the, I mean, but everybody's really relaxed. Like the players are really relaxed. There's a lot of scouts a lot of executives actually and everybody's kind of it's a more informal environment uh the coaches love it kind of everybody's enjoying their time and it's like some of the top talent in the minor leagues so it's it's really enjoyable
0: so you were there in a professional capacity this year you were watching blue jays who were there in spring training um were there some Blue Jays that caught your eye? Was there, were there some Blue Jays who, who performed well? well? What's like the, I, I mean, let's start with um, Jackson Reese, I think, is the guy that you've kind of written. Jackson Reese, is the, that's the name? Yeah. You've written You've written him up, and I saw him also mentioned by some other folks there on, uh, on MLB.com as somebody who really kind of broke out uh, at the Arizona Fall League.
1: Yeah, Jackson actually, he had a really good season this year too, but he's an undrafted free agent sign. Uh, the Blue Jays got him out of the University of Hawaii. So, I mean, every one of those words I just said would not lead you to believe he would be a top prospect in a prestigious league like the Arizona Fall League. Um, but he he dominated this year. He started in Lansing, then he ended up in Dunedin, and he did really well. And in the Fall League, I think in his first six or seven outings, he didn't give up a run. He did have a rough inning yesterday, but um, until that, like he was just missing bats and Uh, The velo's there, like he's throwing 95, he's really impressing, and I asked him what the difference was, and he said, really, it was just, he didn't trust his stuff before, and he was trying to be too fine, and he told me now he's just throwing it down the middle and letting the ball move where it goes, uh, trusting his stuff, and he's, he's found a lot of success, and I think he's also probably one of the I mean, he is an undrafted free agent, but he's like super realistic. He's like, "Ah, I, my dad thought I might be the fall league. And he's like, I told him there's no chance that's happening. And he, they actually called him the day before players were supposed to report. uh, And they were, they, I guess, I think maybe some other plans didn't pan out and asked him if he could just come the next day. And he drove from his home and landed in the fall league and, He's just having a fantastic time, and he's, he, I don't think he'll pitch again, but he was incredibly successful. He was the Blue Jays' only member of the Fall Stars team, and I don't think there's anybody whose eyes he didn't open while he was out there.
0: So you said he was in Dunedin uh, last year, so does that mean that he's probably headed to Double uh, A now for his, I guess it's his age 26 season, but that's sort of out the window in terms of his age. But yeah, A is the next thing uh, in front of him, I guess then.
1: Yeah, I would. I think if he had, if he comes in and has a successful spring training, I, I definitely would think that would be where he would head. Um, hopefully, he can just show the team the same stuff that he's had now and and keep on going the way he's going. I think if he had a rough spring training, he because he wasn't at Dunedin for the full season, there's a chance he could head back mm-hmm. there. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him past him to to head to double-A out of camp.
0: So. While seeing you know fun and uh, stories like this guy, you know undrafted and and self aware and <laughs> self deprecating a little bit, um, those are fun. But you had the privilege of seeing a true, um, like a like a phantom. You saw something that so few people have seen. It's almost like the, a bit of like a baseball pokeroo. You <laughs> with your own eyes got to see Julian Merriweather pitch.
1: I did multiple times. Uh, <laughs> And I got to talk to him. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, and he the pitching, I mean, he was impressive all around, but he he was kind of everything I think I was hoping to see from him. Um, he hit 96. He threw a lot of off-speed in the most recent outing that I saw where he went two innings, and uh, the off-speed stuff looked really good. The changeup looked really good. Uh, and, I mean, he was, kind, he was sitting probably like his – Upper velo was probably 95, but he hit 96 a couple of times, and he's said he felt good, which is kind of better than what happened to him in June. And uh, I mean, 20 months after Tommy John, I think he's ready to go. So uh, he's supposed to throw three innings tomorrow in the in Scottsdale's last fall league game, and uh, and then kind of have a regular off season. But I think. He showed everybody what everybody wanted to see from him, which is obviously really exciting, and and you hope that that return is there from the trade. And I, I, but I think all signs are pointing to go, and he looks good.
0: Did Did you talk to him at all about that? I mean, maybe that's not fair, but you know, because he, because of the the who he was traded for and the nature and timing of that trade, it definitely feels like there's an extra a bit of pressure maybe put on him. And obviously, that pressure probably. Belongs more with the front office and the organization for the the way that that whole thing broke down, but does he seem like aware that that there's there's some bated breath waiting for him to to kind of show up and 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 show what he can do and i like you said, show that he has he there is some return on that trade,
1: yeah, I think when I talked to him, it kind of sounded like that was more maybe initially, but now that he's had the struggles and the comeback from Tommy John and he's had to deal with all of this other outside stuff um i that just has affected him in a bigger way i think it's kind of that's been pushed to the side i think that was more like an initial reaction and then when june rolled around and he was he threw two innings and then he threw four innings and then he realized like maybe my arm doesn't work like his initial thoughts he told me when that happened was like i tore it again i think everything else went out the window and he was just concentrating on his arm and happy that he didn't tear his ucl a second time and i don't think he's so much worried about that or thinks about that anymore i think that's kind of just like secondary uh
0: what else did you see so you saw jackson reese you saw you saw julian merriweather the white whale himself uh was there anybody else that caught your eye was there any uh, you know good canadians i know that you've you are uh so keenly uh, connected to the canadian baseball uh, world was there somebody that um that, that again caught your eye or, or made you wave your little Canadian flag that I assume you bring everywhere with you? <laughs> uh,
1: sadly no Canadians in the Arizona Fall League like this year except on coaching staffs but um, Scott Thorman is the manager of the of Surprise and they're headed to the championship game on Saturday and I got to catch up with Cole Armstrong and Jim Henderson or coaches with Glendale so uh, yeah pretty disappointing not to see any Canadians out there but it, I mean I guess it gave me a chance to kind of get to know some of the the Blue Jays guys a little better and um, the the Blue Jays didn't send obviously any like flashy names one guy on pipelines top 30 and one former first rounder uh, in Kevin Smith and Logan Warmouth and uh, but I think it was kind of it was good to see that and Cesar Martin is managing the team that they're on in Scottsdale but uh, and and they were doing a lot of different things. I I do remember five years ago though, Dwight Smith Jr. was like playing second base in the fall league. So I always wonder about them switching guys' positions, like if it really means anything. But um, the position players are definitely playing a lot of different positions. They had all kind of most of the pitchers were trying out different roles and doing different things. Like Mike Allenbest was really impressive. I don't unless he gave up runs tonight. He hasn't given up a run in the fall league and. That is not how things have really gone for him in the Blue Jays organization so far. So uh, it's kind of it's really impressive to see him dominating against competition. I would wager to be better than what he's faced, and I mean that's that's exciting. All, all the the pitchers uh, besides Meriwether, like they're all late round guys, um, but to to see them out there. And finding success, I think, is just, like, it bodes well for the future. Obviously, arms are of a big concern for the Blue Jays' future. And I'm not saying these guys are going to be top of a rotation or back end of a bullpen. But I think it's encouraging to see guys whose maybe names I didn't know as well before just finding success out there. Um, And actually, another big thing was I got to talk to them about the – Salary increase that the Blue Jays implemented this year, and talking to some of the late rounders was mm-hmm. pretty insightful. I think that like that was my biggest takeaway from the fall league, to be honest.
0: Do they do they they get paid? kind of the same or they get a per diem for being there in in, in arizona I, I wonder about that i mean I, I hazard a guess that a bunch of them sort of live in the area anyway but like uh what how does that work for those guys is, is this like do they view this as an opportunity do you think these a lot of these players they're just looking for a chance to prove what they can do and if that means playing a different position or taking on a different role and going and working for even fewer peanuts than they're used to um you know are most of these guys excited about that opportunity
1: Yes, but they did also. So most of these guys were in high A this year, and they did get paid AAA money in the fall league. Oh, they were happy okay. to share. So, for, <laughs> so six six weeks of that was a vast improvement on the rest of their lives, really.
2: Um, uh, if I if I may, I know I don't usually yeah, ask yeah. questions during the interview portion, uh, but you, you were talking about like the quality of competition and, and some of the guys down there. Uh, you, you said we're in uh, we're in A ball or high A. Uh, like the Jays contingent this year, the pitchers, the pitching side were like some other than Reese really like some, uh, not especially, uh, high end, you know, top of the organization kind of prospects. Uh, same can be said on the hitting side. Like the pitchers were kind of felt like they were guys who, you know, just needed to throw a few extra innings, which I think is kind of obviously a common thing. Uh, but I'm just wondering about like the quality of the competition this year, if it's changing at all. Like I know that I saw Joe Adele was there because, because, uh, Julia Merriweather faced him. Um, but in which, and just in my mind, it goes to like, uh, you know, what, uh, what the league has been floating or what we're hearing about, you know, eliminating minor league teams and the Travis saw thing about, uh, teams would rather have guys at their own complexes. Like is the fall league sort of becoming maybe outdated a bit in the way that it's, you know, the, like, does it, it, is it doing the things that it was originally designed to do or do teams think they could do it better internally? And maybe that's why we're seeing less, uh, you know, higher profile names, or is that just sort of an anomaly with the Jays this year? And I haven't looked at the other rosters and, and, and don't and haven't noticed that there are a bunch of like great players down there right now.
1: So there, there, I think I would say it was a bit of a mix. Like the, I don't think the Yankees sent anybody on their top thirty. Um, there was another team that just had like one guy on their top thirty, and you know maybe not any like top rounders. But to be, yeah, there was, Joe Adele was there, Royce Lewis was there, Alec Baum was there. Uh, Mickey Moniak was there. Like, there's, there were some big names from some teams, and a lot of other organizations did send a lot of top prospects. So, uh, some teams didn't, and and to be honest, like I'm not sure who else the Blue Jays would have sent, um, just in terms of like top prospect type guys um, th- who aren't either like really really young or who you know who got in enough innings already. This season so i think maybe that was just like a situational thing for the blue jays i don't necessarily think it was um them having a different perspective on the league or anything and they were still even every time julian merriweather pitched like they had the triple a pitching coach doug mathis was there uh the farm director gil kim was there uh they had like a lot of organizational guys coming out i think it was important for them to see them in that environment to see how they did against the competition so I think there, it was a bit of a mix, but there was still a lot of good competition and a lot of good and, and successful players were out there still.
0: It's such a. It's easy to go back and look. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it, it might go and, and fluctuate because I, I had remembered this and I just got went and looked it up that Mike Trout and Bryce Harper played on the same team. In the in the <laughs> AFL, they had they had Derek Norris, who was in the big league for a long time, Brandon Crawford, who won like two World Series, uh, like a bunch of guys, all on the same team in, in the in the AFL. So it, it's a uh, it's really a unique thing, and it's uh, I'm, I'm really I'd love to go down. I've never been. It just seems like a like a cool, chill atmosphere, and you get to see like really good players really up close.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I I, I love it. I think it's one of the. Greatest things out there. I mean, it was tough when I was at sc- scout school. Tim Tebow was like definitely the worst player on the field, but it was still exciting, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> exciting in a different way. Now, speaking of exciting, Correct. we'll let you go in just a couple seconds. Two, I got two things I need to ask you about. Number one is um, this: your scouting report uh, series that you've uh, that you've got going on MLB.com this year. I saw you did one with Thomas Panone and then I saw you did one with a young Blue Jays. Just a young guy, only twenty. But you got a lot of you got some pretty good run in the big leagues. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about like this the the genesis of this idea, which is a great one, and uh, and how the res, how the results have been. And it seems like a, just like something that's really fun to do and sit down with these guys and and see what they think of themselves.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, incredibly fun, and I really really enjoyed doing it, and uh, the process was really awesome. But it actually I thought of the idea. It was it started with Beau Bichette, and when he came up and everybody was writing about him every single day and he was doing something every single day to write about. I wanted to try and find something a little bit different and still focus on all the things that Bo does and not leave anything else out and just find a different way to approach it instead of kind of writing the same thing over and over again and having hopefully people not get bored with the performance of Beau Bichette, but just have something new to, to look at and to read and, uh Bo agreed, so Bo was the first person to agree to do it with me and then for whatever reason uh, from the beginning of August to the to September we just kept missing each other. I would be available when he wasn't he would be available when I wasn't and um, we just it didn't work out then and then I thought uh, and then he was injured obviously but I thought you know this could be something that could be, off-season content. This could be used through the off-season, which would require me then to bother players less through the off-season. So I wouldn't have to do that and give them a break from me. But also, <laughs> it's kind of uh, evergreen content. It's not going to change. So you know, we could run these all the way to spring training if we really had had the ability and the want to do that. So. Um, the first person who actually sat down with me and did it like Bo was the first person to agree. And then Rowdy sat with me and did it. And I think um, Rowdy's will probably run next week. But uh, the best part I think was every time I talked to a guy, I learned something new and I learned what they thought of scouting reports and whether or not they knew the scouting scale. Uh, The first thing we did was obviously go through the physical attributes, which, and I chose a form of scouting report that we used at scout school that was I felt was a little more simplistic and easy. So they just could circle their own attributes instead of trying to describe them themselves or come up with words on their right. own. And then they, so they went through that and same with their mechanics um, and same with like, you know, their bat path and how they describe their tools. And then they graded out their tools. And it was definitely interesting to see who knew the scout scale and how to grade things uh, and how they perceive themselves. And then, once we were done that, the first thing I would ask everybody was, what does this not tell me about you? And I think I got a lot of really insightful answers about what guys think is important and what they believe has helped them get to the big league level and what they believe will help them continue and how they can get better. And I thought, because the Blue Jays obviously have so many rookies, like it was a fun thing to do. And I I mean I did it with 18 guys who were all first or second year players with the Blue Jays and I learned probably something about every single one of them and it was it was fun and I know you you're talking about Vlad's report and it was it was especially fun. I mean we're going through the list and every physical descriptor where there was an option to say like thick, he was like thick, for sure thick. Like <laughs> waist <laughs> thick, legs thick. Uh, like chess pick it was everything and it was it was fun and like he and he was happy to give all of his future grades 80s which is uh i mean as like some a, people like know, an absolute
0: people, maniac <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> he is uh i mean according to the report he's a future hall of famer and i am i who am I to dispute that? So it was it, it was fun to do, and and I asked him too. You know, I asked everybody, "What does this not tell me about you?" and and he he said, "This doesn't tell you, you know, how much I learn every day and how much I want to learn every day." And I, I found that. Uh, really interesting and i think it just kind of gave me a different perspective on him and i it was it it was really enjoyable to be able to do these and, and i hope i don't think all 18 of them will, might will necessarily see the light of day but i hope that a bunch of them do <laughs> uh
0: it's so i cannot recommend highly enough go to uh, Alexis's Twitter feed. And that's probably the fastest way to find it because yeah. goddamn, if you can find like your archive on MLB.com or anything like that, geez, they make <laughs> it difficult, but the Vlad story is amazing. <laughs> he definitely, uh, so, and on top of all of this, so it, it it's so great to hear that the players that you asked that great question and got uh, some really interesting answers. But you've also supplemented the you know the the scouting report with uh, quotes from scouts. You talked to other evaluators, and uh, there's some really interesting stuff about Vlad's defense because he does he 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 humbly uh, gave himself a five on the on, on the on the two eight scale uh, with a future eight defensively, <laughs> or was it seven? No, it was eight. I was looking at it. Use your eight, because I was like, is that a six? <laughs> Maybe that's a six. <laughs> but but uh it's a really, really cool, really great interview. So uh it's a great series. So congratulations on um on just making that pure, pure, pure content. Now the other thing I wanted to ask you about is last time you were on here, I blew up your spot about like randomly like falling out of bed and running marathons and stuff. What have you done to yourself this fall?
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> I I did a half Ironman in September and
0: a half Ironman <laughs> yes. just for fun.
1: Yeah, in between
0: airport sleeps and yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> I can tell you it wasn't fun, but yes, that <laughs> that was the the goal. Uh, and the I'm so out of the three events that are that compose a triathlon. I can tell you, cycling is my worst by far. It's not even close, and it's most people's best and I had never ridden a bicycle in the rain before because I am a wuss and I just didn't feel it was necessary training. And on the day of the race, it just so happened to be pouring rain and I thought for a lot of it, I was just going to die. So... I'm not sure I would recommend to anyone that that be, you know, any aspiration or anything like that. But uh, that is the most recent thing that I've done. And probably the next thing I will do will be a marathon. I just haven't signed up for one yet.
0: No, I just haven't signed up for one yet. So (laughs) I don't know if you follow uh, Lee Cowart on Twitter, at Voracious Brain. She is a very wild and wonderful writer who writes about all kinds of weird, gross stuff. And she's writing about pain. And she wrote this. I I feel bad for telling you this because it's probably going to like, it's a little bit of inception. that You're going to think about it and you're not going to be able to stop. (laughs) But there's a thing called the Big Dog Backyard Ultra, where it's an ultra marathon, but it goes, the race isn't over at the finish line. The race is over when no one, everyone else has quit running. So last year, last year they ran 283 miles. It's like a, a course. And it's like six miles or something like that, or I don't know how long it is. And they run, and then they have a break. And then on the hour, they start, and they have to run it again. And they have to keep going. And it goes from, like, Saturday to Tuesday, basically. They just run for, like, 60 hours straight. <laughs> so there you go. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, follow uh, Lee and, and read her incredible thread on that bananas experience. Oh, what? I, ha- I can't let you get out of here. And I, I apologize. We don't. I don't need... We've had you talking about other stuff before, and we've talked to you about uh, previously about being, you know, often the only the only woman in the in the room, the only woman at scout school. Um, You're in Houston now. You're not there to cover the World Series, as I understand it. But um, have you been following this crazy story with the idiot Astros just putting their foot in their mouth and showing their asses (laughs) over and over and over? I, I'm not, I don't mean. I don't want to ask you to like speak on behalf of of uh, women who are reporters and writers in baseball everywhere. What did you think when, when you've been following this story around?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in Phoenix too, I was staying with my with my my scout school roommate, and we. She works for the Dodgers, and it's something that I mean. Every new article that came out, we discussed it and uh, had obviously a lot of thoughts and a lot of. Um, I guess we were just following very closely a lot of questions as well and i mean i think that to me i don't i'm not sure i'm not sure that it is crazy like it doesn't seem crazy to me because these kind of outbursts from men well they're not typical but we i think we've definitely all heard them before maybe not specific to um, to you know i'm glad we got this specific player who did this terrible thing uh but i feel like outbursts of what men actually think or how they actually perceive things are not surprising um they are certainly disappointing but it's it would be i would be hard pressed to actually be surprised that this happened i was certainly disappointed by the way that the astros handled it as well Um, i would hope that um you know, some of the teams that I've been around a little bit more would have a little bit more tact in covering uh, something like that or investigating or maybe just not accusing a writer of, uh, of lying and then not really ever apologizing to her so far anyway. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I think my, my big thing is, like, it's, it's disappointing. A part of me actually is surprised that they did fire the AGM. Um, I, I, that, that is more surprising to me than the fact that it happened. Um, because I, yeah, I just, I don't think that this stuff is really out of the ordinary and I think it's, uh, not, not in the exact same way, but I think kind of that is a regular experience that, maybe more people than you might think have gone through something like that and uh as much as it is inappropriate and awful and um every terrible word that you can think of um it's it's something that that's not an isolated incident it's something that continues to happen and i mean if anything comes out of this i don't know maybe it's a sense of awareness for some people. Obviously, the people who are of that mindset, I think that um, where those sentiments might come from, it won't change anything for them. Awareness doesn't matter. But maybe for some people who just don't know that that stuff happens, it's it, it can open up some eyes, I, I hope, if anything can come out of it. But, yeah, I mean, I have to say, I, just, I mean, I wasn't really surprised. I was uh, just disappointed. <laughs>
0: No you've you've made a great point and I think it's not that not to be surprised by the behavior but but to the circling of the wagons and the gaslighting and the denials I think is is I would be I'm I have, was naively surprised by that when I shouldn't be I shouldn't be surprised by the cynicism and the inability to for as I have was you know the inability to recognize that it, this was possible or that this that people would loudly do what this guy did in this in this setting. Um that is that that's the crazy part to me, also and then just my own naivete, I think, as well. So but that's it. I, I would have I, I I should have remembered this before instead of after we were having a light and fun moment <laughs> making fun of Alexis the Crazy person riding <laughs> her bike down the mountain in the <laughs> rain, but instead we had to get heavy. But it's not the point. Uh, so you can of course, as I mentioned before, find her stories, find these these scouting reports, find the, the AFL dispatches. Um, on Alexis's Twitter account, where you can read her on MLB.com almost every day, all winter long. Baseball Alexis. Baseball Alexis. Yeah. Baseball Lexis. <laughs> it's all there. Not baseball Alex, because she doesn't like <laughs> that as I, as I understand. You learn something new every day,
1: right?
0: So baseball you learn something new every day. Baseball Alexis on Twitter. Alexis Brodnicki, thank you so much for taking the time and enjoy beautiful downtown Houston. For another 20 hours or however long you get stuck Thank there you
1: so much for having me. It's nice to, to, to break up the trip.
0: Thank you so much to Alexis you for taking the time from being trapped in a hotel in a Red Roof Inn in Houston, which sounds like some kind of terrible nightmare. At least there's not a hurricane going on right now, well, I guess. A, there's a lot of hurricanes. Hmm?
2: It was a Red Roof Plus. So, red Roof Plus. You
0: know, so, excuse me.
2: Plus has to count for something. I don't know what, but I'm sure it does. Uh,
0: I, I, I'm just not up on the, my hotel-motel uh, chains. I'm not a points guy, so I don't have, I just, if I'm in that position, I just, you know, anywhere to put your head. Um, but before I do, I want to mention, so we're doing this show every other week for now, it looks like, um, unless something comes up, which it may. But uh, there are lots of other podcasts, if you're listening to us talk about the Blue Jays, there's lots of other things that might interest you here within the athletic ecosystem. Uh, of course, the Raptors. Did you see the Raptors? They got their rings the other day the Ra- because the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. Did you know that?
2: Huh, me yes, I did know that. Yeah,
0: I uh, I, I, I find myself even though
2: even though it was during the World Series game, I was like, "Yeah, I'm watching this uh, <laughs> this this opening night of the NBA."
0: The Raptors won the NBA championship, which is never not surprising to me. And delightful. I am delighted every time I, I reflect upon it. I I think about how uh Fred Van Vliet absolutely owned Steph Curry for like an entire series. It was ridiculous. But that's not our area of expertise. That is the area of expertise of uh of Blake Murphy and Eric Kareen on the Raptors Reasonableist podcast, which you should check out. Uh there's a Leaf Report with uh Jonas and James Myrtle. And there's also, of course, if you are just baseball only, then you can listen to Rates and Barrels with Eno Seris and uh and Derek Van Riper, as well as the national show with Jason Stark and Doug Glanville all different podcasts you can get here uh if within the athletic world athletic planet ecosystem I keep saying ecosystem okay thanks again to Alexis and thank you to you for listening to this episode of Birds All Day we hope to hear talk to you next week when you'll hear us talk with Mark Shapiro